We are back yet again on the Thick Manning Podcast with our week three predictions for the 2022 NFL season. And before we get into this week's predictions, we're going to take a look back at last week and see how we did. And across the board, it was a pretty bad performance. We both recorded eight correct picks, seven incorrect picks, and each put up some severely, severely dubious picks. Most notably for Tristan, he claimed the Saints were going to throttle the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That didn't happen. I continued picking with my heart so the Vikings were going to beat the piss out of the Eagles. That did not happen. But all in all, I think I came out on top of this one because I said the Ravens Dolphins game was going to be tight. It was. You said it was going to be a blowout. It wasn't. I got some big upsets. I got the Cowboys being the Bengals. That's an impressive pick. You've got to admit it. Deny everything else, but I will take credit for that one. That one was a good pick. At the end of the day, we both walked away with eight correct and seven wrong. So when it comes to who made more money or who made less money, I was just as right as you were. Yeah, but I picked the upsets, so I made more money. We weren't picking over-unders. We weren't picking, you know, point spreads. We were picking no, the winners, and I got eight right. You got right, eight right. You're as the well. one who brought money up into this. Like bringing money implies there's some gambling aspect, some odds. But no, I did better. It's okay. It happens the best of us. When I'm right, I'm right. When I'm wrong, keep telling, keep telling yourself right that. Too. Keep telling yourself that. I am a phenomenal, phenomenal above 500 picker. Anyway, on to the Thursday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And after an embarrassing performance against both the Jets and the Patriots, the AFC North suddenly doesn't look like that good. The Bengals stink, the Ravens just got beat by the Dolphins, and both these teams have not looked special early on. But at the end of the day, the Steelers have one of the best defenses in all football, with or without TJ Watt. So I'm inclined to say they are really going to get after Jacoby Brissett. And given the fact it is Jacoby Brissett instead of Deshaun Watson, I don't think the Browns' offense is going to look that good. They're still going to have a very good night rushing the ball. They'll get over 100 rushing yards, but I don't think it's going to matter. I feel like the Steelers win this one in a nice, boring Thursday night football game. I don't think too much is going to happen. It's not going to be exciting. Running game, defensive showing, whatnot. I feel at this point, I'm going to sound like a broken record, and you probably will sound like a broken record at this point, too. Maybe you agree with me. But again, I am leaning towards the Steelers because I am believing in their wide receiver talent, the talent they have the position from George Pickens, who we thought was going to be phenomenal to start the season, has not been that so far. Deontay Johnson has been very good, and Chase Claypool has been decent in the targets that he has received, and Mitch Trubisky has night not quite been as good as I expected him to be. I thought he would have been a lot better compared to the last time we saw him as a starting quarterback in the NFL, when in reality, he's just done a decent to okay job at spreading the ball around the field, not really being the reason why the Steelers offense is successful. Now, because of the receivers and because of what I think the offense can be, I'm picking the Steelers again against the Browns. I think it's better than what the Browns have, but the Browns do have a decent offensive line. They have two very good running backs. So I'm picking the Steelers, but I would not be shocked if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just combined for over 160 and take over the game. You got to cover all the bases, but I would like to know, George Pickens has been getting open. Mitch just isn't throwing in the ball. Maybe he's lined up on the left side. That could be the issue. But on to the Sunday games. Our first matchup is a sensational NFC South game between the New Orleans Saints, who are led by Jameis Winston, who has a severely broken spine, and the Carolina Panthers, led by Baker Mayfield, who has a severely broken spirit after starting 0-2. And and in almost every aspect of football, the Saints would be superior to the Panthers, with the exception of running back. Unfortunately for them, I think Jameis having a broken back is really going to hinder them. That is a passing team. Alvin Kamara is a pass-catching running back. They've got good receivers. Their O-line's good in pass protection, not as good in run blocking. And I feel their signal caller, their signal caller being down with a bad injury and playing through it is just not going to result in a win. So I'm going to pick the home team with the Carolina Panthers in another very boring game. <laughs> I do not 
see any way the Panthers are able to even win a football game this season. This game should be free money for anyone who is a sports better out there. Matt Rule's time as an NFL coach is coming to an end, and I feel bad for Baker Mayfield because he went from one organization where he had constant head coach turmoil, constant uh, organizational turmoil, where nothing was ever quite right, and now he's a bad offensive line with a coach that's <laughs> probably going to be out the door, maybe even before this season is almost over. And while Jameis does have a broken back, they are better at pretty much every position on the field, except for maybe running back, because when McCaffrey is healthy, but they have better receivers, they have a better defense, they have a better offensive line, and then what the Panthers have been rolling out there, the Panthers lost to the Giants. So I think the Saints are winning this game. So you're going to pick the Titans to lose this week because they lost to the Giants? We're not even there yet. Next, we have a game at Soldier Field, where the Bears will take on their former head coach in Levy Smith and face off against the Davis Mills led offense. And it's going to be a brutal game like most Bears games are. It's going to be low score. Look, these early games are all terrible. The Thursday night game is going to be terrible. These first two games are going to be rough. But I think, honestly, playing in Soldier Field this week after the comments Justin Fields made about the fans not being as upset is going to go against the Bears. I don't think they're going to start particularly hot and after that first drop pass, that first wild throw, that first interception, first failed third down conversion, I think James Wentz, not James Wentz, I think Justin Fields is going to get booed by the fans, his own fans, the Bears fans, a passionate fan base who expects excellence, and that's really going to rattle him getting his head. So I think between that, Davis Mills being solid, the Bears having inferior receivers, it's going to get the Texans edge. Saints are going to pick up their first win right here in Soldier Field. Now, this is one where I'm actually going to go ahead and pick with the Bears. I'm probably one of the biggest Justin Fields believers outside of the Bears fan base. I'm a big fan of what he can do. Now, he hasn't been able to get the ball to Darnell Mooney because many other pieces of the offense are so weak that that's all the defense has to worry about. The offensive line has, uh, well, I think it was actually decent in week one, but they're they're not great all over the field. Roquan Smith is is wasting his time there arguing for a contract when it'd probably be better for both sides for him just to get traded. Now on the Texan side of things, you kind of alluded to that they are the Lions of last season and I don't I don't really see that as much because I feel like last year the Lions were losing a bunch of close games. We saw they were headed in a clear direction. They just did not quite have any of the pieces up to that point, yet the culture was built. And I don't I don't see that as much with the Texans personally. I think the Bears are going to win this one. It's going to be another messy game like all Bears games seem to be. I think they walk away with it. I mean, I feel like the Texans have a pretty clear direction. They're working on building up their defense with their draft capital, and they're going to see if Davis Mills is the guy. And... I think he is. He's a good NFL quarterback. He's got nothing to really protect him or throw to, but it's neither here nor there. But they're going to constantly be a tough out. I don't see them being involved in many blowouts one way or the other. But a game which will be a blowout is the Kansas City Chiefs-Indianapolis Colts matchup. And the Colts lost to the Jaguars. I don't care if it's at home. I don't care if they got Matt Ryan, the most intelligent quarterback of all time, according to some Colts fans, calling the signals. They're going to get blasted by Kansas City. Their defense doesn't look good. Their offense looks sluggish. No one can get open. And John Taylor is going to be injured again because he's going to get so heavily overworked. The Chiefs are going to dominate this game. It's not going to be particularly close. And it's also not just the fact that they lost to the Jaguars. It is how they lost to the Jaguars. They lost 24 to 0. And it is absolutely, it's pathetic that Colts fans convinced themselves that this quarterback carousel their front office has been on going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan was going to work this season. Matt Ryan is ancient. We saw against the Jaguars. He's throwing interceptions. He is not that good of a quarterback up to 
this point due to his physical incapabilities. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, they shouldn't have given up on his physical talent. He's making throws for Washington. It's only through two weeks, but he's one of the top three passers in the NFL. So I think it's sad they gave up on him. And now people will also say, just talking about the Jaguars and Colts game, Michael Pittman wasn't playing. But if you need one receiver to be on the field to score more than zero points against the Jaguars, that is not a good sign for your season. And when you're playing the Chiefs, whose defense has looked very good, they took down the Chargers last week, and the offense doesn't seem to have lost that big of a step without Tyree Kill, you don't have a chance at winning the game. Give some credit to the Jags. Other Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker look like a real pass rush pairing. And you are right, though. One receiver is not going to compensate a 24-point swing. They were always going to lose that game. Maybe it's just because they were in Jacksonville. Who knows? Maybe we're being a little bit too harsh to the Colts, but I don't think so. They're not that good of a team. Now, speaking of Josh Allen, we've got a matchup which is going to have my eyes glued to the screen between the Jacks between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills in Miami. And the in Miami part is important because I feel like the Buffalo Bills are going to start walking the path the New England Patriots did. Dominate a vast majority of the regular season for long periods of time, but for some reason, they're just not going to be able to get it done in Miami. The Patriots struggled with this for a decade, and now I think the Bills are going to start struggling with it. The Dolphins have amazing receivers. They are great deep threats. Their running game is underrated. Gasecki's a meaningful tight end, and Tua looks like an elite quarterback. Their defense remains rock solid. They're built to counter the Bills' high fly offense. And I think it'll be a good game, but I do think the Bills get caught lacking here a little bit. They're going to get surprised. They're going to get beat. And this is going to be the loss, which really motivates them to up the ante and go a bit harder for the rest of the year. But I got the Dolphins. I don't really agree with you on the rock solid defense piece of things. Because when we look at last week, the Ravens put up what? 38 points, they put up a crap ton of points, and it just so happens that because of all the weapons the Dolphins have on defense, because the Ravens are a little weak in the secondary, Tua was able to throw for six touchdowns and come back. The storylines and headlines after last week would have been much different had they not been able to pull out that victory, and we would have been talking more about all the points that the Dolphins' defense gave up. And when you take a look at the Bills' side of things, they've given up a total of 17 points through two weeks of the season, and they've scored over 70. So while I do think the Dolphins' offense is a electric. They have the two fastest receivers in the NFL that also happen to be great route runners, great after the catch. They're good at everything. That is going to allow the Dolphins to score points, but the Bills have the far better defense. They are relentless. They are able to stop the run now. They are able to generate a meaningful pass rush with Von Miller. I think the Dolphins will score some points, but let's just even say for argument's sake, their offenses are comparable. I still like the Bills better. The Bills have the better defense, and they're the ones that are going to get more stops. You might be right, but I'd argue that if Lamar Jackson played the way he did against the Bills. He would have put up a similar number of points because that was just an electric game by him. 400 total yards. Looked unstoppable. Was throwing accurately deep, which is a very impressive accomplishment particularly for him given what he's known for. But hey, again, I'm just picking the upsets. I'm picking the matchups and I'm picking the locations, which I think will be important. Now, an NFC North supremacy matchup is about to take place in the 1 o'clock hour, where the Minnesota Vikings will take on the Detroit Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium. And I am a big fan of the Vikings' offense this year. They looked a bit slow against the Eagles. The Eagles had one of the better Ds in the league. And it was Kirk Cousins in primetime on Monday night. But a 1 p.m. game right in Kirk's comfort spot, I just can't pick against him. The Lions are also historically not a good team. That's where Kirk Cousins thrives, beating bad teams. So I think we're going to see a similar game to what they did week one against the Packers. Maybe the Lions score a few more touchdowns. Maybe the Vikings score a few more touchdowns. Bit more high scoring, but still, Vikings get a firm grip on this one early and never give it up. I have a very similar reaction. The easy reaction for everyone would be to say the Vikings are frauds. They can't hang with the top dogs in the NFC because they were unable to beat the Eagles, and the Eagles picked them off three times, made their offense look 
somewhat incompetent. And like you said, 1 p.m. game, it's not prime time. The Lions do not have a great defense. While the Lions have looked good on the offensive side of the ball, Amon Ross St. Brown has been putting up a ton of fantasy points. They barely lost to the Eagles even. Their defense is still not that good. And the Vikings have a lot of elite offensive pieces. Dalvin Cook's going to be effective in the run game. I don't think that Lions can really cover Justin Jefferson. So I see the Vikings winning this one. The Lions, even though they've looked a lot better than they did last season, their defense has not proven that they can stop elite offenses from scoring points. And for those of you who are going to say, oh, big play Darius Slay locked up Justin Jefferson. No, he didn't. Kirk Cousins locked up Justin Jefferson by throwing every single ball to him about two yards too short. Kirk Cousins played horribly. That's not Jefferson. That's not the rest of the offense. He, as an individual, lost the Vikings the Monday night game. That's not going to happen this week. But speaking of individuals single-handedly determining the outcome of games, Lamar Jackson is going to mosey on up to New England and lay down the law against the Patriots. He's going to have another phenomenal day, run all over the Patriots defense. I know people think they're going to be good. They're not going to be that good. The Patriots D has gotten lucky with their matchups, and it's not going to be a particularly close game. They're not going to be able to stop Lamar. They're not going to be able to stop the Ravens running game. They're not going to be able to stop the Ravens passing game. And Mac Jones isn't a very good quarterback, so their offense isn't going to do much. Yeah, and the Patriots found a way to beat the Steelers last week, something me and Isaiah didn't expect to happen, but their offense was not overly dynamic, and the Ravens' offense is extremely dynamic. Like I already stated, if there's a three-point swing and Tua doesn't throw for six touchdowns against the the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's performance against the Dolphins is what everyone would have been talking about last week instead of Tua's six touchdowns. So, the Ravens have the much better offense than the Patriots. I don't think Mac Jones, even against a bad defense, has the capability of putting up 30-plus points. The Ravens do have that ability, so I the Ravens are going to win this game. Mac Jones simply is not him and quite possibly will never be him. And Lamar Jackson also is somewhat back in his MVP form, in my opinion, at least. Well, it's hard to win MVP when you got Josh Allen doing what Josh Allen's doing, but Lamar looks very good. Now, speaking of someone who a lot of people thought were him until he managed to get himself on pace to be sacked 800 times, Joe Burrow is going to take on the New York Jets. And this, to many people, is going to seem like a free game, an easy game. But as we know from last week, this Jets team led by Joe Flacco, does not give up. They are going to keep fighting, keep scrapping till the very end of the game. They're going to drag the Bengals down into the dirt with them and have a nice little mud wrestling match. Now, ultimately, I think the Bengals are going to win that mud wrestling match, but I just don't think it's going to be a uh, particularly aesthetically pleasing game. It's going to be a rough one, but the Bengals will triumph late and look really bad against the Jets. Yeah, now, me and Isaiah, we're always cool with the Bengals losing because we do not like the fans of Cincinnati. And the Jets actually won a football game game last week and it was great to see that Garrett Wilson who I loved coming out of the draft put up some big numbers put out some good tape he made some big plays and Joe Flacco recaptured some of his waning glory that he had with the Ravens back in the day and unfortunately or unfortunately for Bengals fans I am picking the Bengals again I am going to pick them until they win another football game I want to believe the Bengals offensive line is not going to be as bad as it has been against the Jets and another reason I think it's not going to be that bad is because the Jets don't have a guy like TJ Watt who they want to get in week one and they don't have a guy like Micah Parsons who they just had to play last week so the Bengals have too much talent across their offense at receiver at running back to not beat the Jets and I don't think the Jets are going to be able to get six sacks against the Bengals like the Cowboys have and the Steelers have plus on top oh, of the fact the Bengals have stayed in those games and the Jets offensive line is not that great and the Bengals have a decent pass rush so I don't see I don't think the Jets are going to be able to win because their pass rush isn't quite at or their front seven isn't quite as good as the other two teams the Bengals have just played the Bengals stayed in a game with a Dallas Cowboys team led by Cooper Rush let that sink in 
That's what we're celebrating. <laughs> Cooper Rush oh, is better than Dak, Cooper though, Rush so. didn't blow him out. Acting like I haven't already made that take. Come on, that was last week, son. Give it the program. <laughs> did I actually say Cooper Rush was better than Dak last week? I, I think like I might have. If I did, I was right, but... Next, we've got the Tennessee Titans taking on the Las Vegas Raiders of Oakland. And both these teams are kind of falling apart. There needs to be some panic here based off their records. But as someone who enjoys Derrick Henry more than most people, I just refuse to believe he and Mike Vrabel are going to let this Titans team, no matter how incompetent their quarterback play is, fall to 0-3. I think the Titans are going to go there and put up a dominant game behind King Henry and cruise, not cruise because the Titans won't really run away from you, but beat the Raiders. Their defense is injured, but still not that bad. And I get the Raiders' offense is supposed to be good, but it just hasn't really clicked for me. I got the Titans winning this one behind Derrick Henry. I mean, if I were a Titans fan, I would be panicking right now because they just lost by over 30 to the Bills. They looked horrible in that, and they found a way to lose to the Giants. On the Raiders' side of things, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm not panicking because it was a close game in Week 1 against the Chargers, who many are expecting to be one of the best teams in the NFL this season. And last week, they lost because Kyler Murray turned into superhero late in the game, made some crazy throws, made some crazy plays, and they barely won. If, if not for that, the Raiders are 1-1 one one to start the season with a good win, a decent win against the Cardinals, and then not a bad loss against the Chargers. So I'm not panicking if I'm a Raiders fan. And in this game, I think the Raiders are better all across the field except for running back. They have the better quarterback, better wide receiver core, probably better offensive line, with, especially with the way the Titans offensive line has been, also missing Taylor Luan. They also have the better pass rush because the Titans lost Harold Landry prior to the season. So I think the Raiders win this game. I think they're better pretty much everywhere. And with what we've seen from the Titans so far, I don't see how you can think the Titans are going to win. Look, as far as Terrell Lewan is concerned, it's getting to a point in his career. It's getting darn close to addition via subtraction for how he's playing. But I'd say they've got a better line than the Raiders. I've got a little bit more faith in that unit than you do. But we'll have to wait and see. I'm still a big Derrick Henry fan. I still think he's the best running back in the NFL. Could be wrong. Could be obvious prime. Hey. Find out Sunday afternoon. And we got one more 1 p.m. game between the Washington Commanders football team and name redacteds who will be playing the Eagles. And after Monday night football, I'm pretty confident the Eagles are taking this one. Carson Wentz can throw for all the yards and touchdowns he wants, but it's not going to be enough. The Eagles are going to run away from this, uh, sorry, not sorry, mediocre Commanders team and just get it done. Maybe their defensive line keeps them in it, maybe it doesn't, but it's going to be an Eagles victory. Yeah, the Eagles are clearly one of the the three best teams in the NFC. They may be the best team in the NFC. They are the hottest team in the NFC. And Jalen Hurts has clearly taken another step as a quarterback in the NFL. He's, I think, probably breached that top 15 mark as one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the NFL, trying to make that push for the title as one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Their offense with the addition of A.J. Brown looks very good with all the receivers they're able to spread the ball around to. It's not like two years ago where they had no receivers to spread the ball around to. It's not like last season where all they had was Devonta Smith. And then when you look at the commander side of things yes they have looked good yes they also have three very good receivers but the eagles are just a step above everyone in the nfc east and also the nfc so i think the eagles are going to win this one but then again it's a division rivalry and those games no matter what weirdly sometimes wind up being close but i think the eagles win well through the first two games shannon Hurts has looked like a top 10 maybe a top five quarterback so let's not talk about breaching the top 15 if he keeps this up he is going to be a pro or possibly all pro 
possibly MVP candidate and will look amazing. And speaking of someone else who is many people's MVP candidate and even favorite, we've got Justin Herbert taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars in LA. And this is the dynamic pick of the week. This is the pick which puts some hair in your chest, makes you take your uh, children, <laughs> bring them away from the computer screen. Honey, I don't want you watching these types of takes. The Jaguars are winning this game. Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> are going to beat the Chargers in LA. They're going to go be the Road Warriors. Trevor Lawrence is going to arrive, have a great game. Their D-line is going to get after it, and they're going to upset one of the best teams in the AFC. Well, the Chargers have a very solid offensive line. I liked what I saw from the Jaguars last week against the Colts, but at the end of the day, they're not the Chargers. Trevor Lawrence is not Justin Herbert yet. He does not have the receivers to throw to, and we saw last week from the Chargers against the Chiefs, they have the ability to spread the ball around. Mike Williams lit things up, and they spread the ball around to a bunch of no-name wide receivers. So, I think the Chargers win this one. I appreciate the bold take from Isaiah. And it would be kind of cool to see Trevor Lawrence beat the Chargers and send the Chargers to one and two. I just don't see it happening. The one issue with that take, it does bear mentioning, the Chargers have a pretty good pass rush in the Jaguars offensive line. is Not the greatest. Who knows? Maybe uh, Mac and Bosa both just break their pinkies that day and can't play. Probably not going to happen, but... All right, next we've got an AFC West matchup between the Cardinals and the Rams. And I know the Rams have kind of been in free fall, barely beat the Falcons, got blasted by the Bills, and the Cardinals are riding high after their late-game heroics and victories. But the Rams won the Super Bowl. The Rams are the best player in football, and the Rams still have a very good defense. I get it hasn't been as good as it could, but I think this is the game they really hone in on Kyler Murray, get after him, make it look like one of those playoff games from two years ago or a year ago, where they just absolutely shut him down. Donald's gonna get a pick. Yes, that's a weird prediction. Jan Rams is gonna get a sack. Another weird prediction. And the Rams are going to beat the Cards. I actually think I want to see the Rams win, because I like Cooper Cup. I like Matt Stafford. I like the Rams in general, probably even more than I like the Cardinals. But after what I saw from the Cardinals last week, making that late game push to beat the Raiders, we've seen the emergence of uh, Greg Dorch, I think is how you pronounce his last game. Marquise Brown has been pretty good. And Kyler Murray looked very good against the Raiders last week. So I think the Cardinals are actually going to win this game. I think what we've seen from the Rams is that their offense is pretty boring while it still has Cooper Cup, who is an animal, and they have Matt Stafford. After that, it's not that exciting. It's somewhat predictable, and they don't have that great a run game, and their offensive line is not as good as it was last season. So I think the Cardinals are actually going to find a way to win this game, and it's going to be because of Kyler Murray and the Rams' lack of ingenuity and depth at certain positions. Uh, I don't have too much more to say about that, but I will have a lot to say about this next NFC West team we're going to cover, the Seattle Seahawks and their opponent, the Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons fans can get themselves as excited as they want for almost coming back and beating the Rams. That game didn't matter. The Rams let it get away from late, still managed to pull off the win. The Falcons are a bad team. They are putrescent. They're horrible offensively. Their receivers, besides Drake London, are bad. Kyle Pitts has not looked like a top 5, top 10, top 20 tight end. He's looked horrible. He's not a particularly good blocker. Their running game is being carried by Cordell Patterson, and that's it. This is a bad offense. Their defense, not much better. And they are going to Seattle to play an upstart team who has a lot to play for, who loves being gritty, who loves running over teams, who will play nice, slow, controlled football under their experienced veteran head coach, and through the power Powers of Geno Smith will elevate the Seattle Seahawks to a win, particularly in that hostile environment for the Falcons to come all the way from Atlanta. That airport in Atlanta is horrible, so I think that might also play a little bit of impact, just rough travel conditions. But I got the Seahawks. See, 
you seem to have, I don't know why you have such a negative opinion on the Falcons. I look at more of the Falcons like I think you're looking at the Texans, where it seems to me, at least on the offensive side of the ball, the Falcons are headed in some type of direction. They have something somewhat building there. Uh, Marcus Mariota, in my opinion, is the better quarterback over Geno Smith. They've been in these close games through week one and week two. Like I said, it would be last week. It wound up being a close game. Now, I know as you're going to say, oh, it all happened late, but it still wound up being closer than many would have expected heading into this season. So I think the Falcons are actually going to win this game. Uh, we've seen Drake London is a very good receiver. I think Kyle Pitts is finally going to awake from his two-week drought as when it comes to fantasy production and production in general. And I think this is going to be a close game, probably a little bit more high scoring than I think some expect. And I think because of Marcus Mariota and the weapons they have on that offense, they're going to win the game. Do you know why they're in a close game week one? Because they 28 to 3 themselves. They blew a massive lead late and lost the Saints, a Saints team which they should have beat if they had that type of lead on. You know why they were in a close or what happened when they were in a close game last They're week? Still not a Marcus good Mariota threw a horrible interception. They can't perform late. If this game is close going down to the wire, they are going to screw it up. And they're not so much better than Seattle, it's not going to be close. The Seahawks are going to win this one. I mean, I'm not making the argument that they're a good team, but <laughs> they're certainly a bad team. I'm just making the argument that they're one of those teams like the Lions were last season that were in a ton of close games. The Lions won two games last year, and we don't know how many games the Falcons are going to win. They can go the opposite way of the Lions in some of those games and actually pull out those close victories. Dan Campbell ain't on the Falcons sideline, son. <laughs> That's true, but, but Dan Campbell's of... only won two games last season. Yep, looking good this year. Speaking of phenomenal sideline presences, Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are taking on the Green Bay Packers in Tampa Bay. And this is a bad, bad situation for Tom Brady. He is not looked good the first two weeks of the year. The offense is struggling a mighty bit. And Aaron Rodgers is fresh off a little ayahuasca celebration against the Bears. So he is going to go all out in the warm tropical weather of Tampa Bay and absolutely smoke the Buccaneers defense. I think the Packers are going to win this game. Now you may be asking yourselves, he has picked against the Packers every single week. And you know what? I have, which is why I'm actually picking against them now. When I say the Packers are going to win this game, I mean they are going to win the psychological battle. Aaron Rodgers is going to win his moral victory. He is going to put up better numbers, more touchdowns, more yards, maybe even a rushing touchdown discount double tap compared to Tom Brady. He's going to be happy. He's going to go and celebrate on the podium after the game. In reality, the Buccaneers are going to score more points thanks to the dominance of Leonard Fournette and their run game. They are going to beat the Packers, but hey, Aaron Rodgers is going to be happy and say cool things in the Pat McAfee show the next week, so... See, now, I know this logic got me screwed last week, but the Packers are also a much better football team than the Saints, especially when you consider the fact that Jameis Winston was playing with a broken back, which I also did not know prior to making last week's prediction. Now, this week, when you look at the Buccaneers wide receiving core, Mike Evans is out with a one-game suspension. Every other receiver on the roster is dealing with an injury, so much so that they had to go to the depths of the free agent wide receiver market and sign Cole Beasley to play for them this week. So I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be that successful on the offensive side of the ball. The Packers still have are very talented on the defensive side of the ball. And you can make the argument right now just because <laughs> they're you can make the argument the receivers are somewhat comparable because of how banged up the Bucks receivers are. So I think the Packers are going to win this game. I think the Bucks, uh, Tom Brady hasn't been all that great, and they're going to suffer from their receivers being banged up and Mike Evans not being on the field most, which is, I think is bigger than anything else. Aaron Rodgers cannot beat good football teams. Simple as that. I don't know what to tell you. On to the Sunday night game. We've got the Denver Broncos taking on the 49ers. 
And look, I feel bad for Trey Lance. Trey Lance seems like a nice guy. He knows how to spend his free time and do a wonderful amount of charitable donations to poor, underprivileged women who can't even afford to buy clothes in his free time. I like Trey Lance. Great guy. But this team's better with Jimmy Garoppolo, at least in the short term. Jimmy G is going to be able to get them the win over the Broncos. A Broncos team which is in freefall and DeathCon 5 in panic mode, who's realizing, oh wait, Russell Wilson never was that guy. He was a product of Pete Carroll as wide receivers and as defense, and now we actually have to go try and win with a mediocre quarterback. It's just not happening. The Broncos are going to lose. They're going to get humiliated by the 49ers defense, and Jimmy G is going to elevate the 49ers to a relatively easy victory in Maha State. Yeah, Jimmy G is a good regular season quarterback. We've seen the 49ers be very successful in the regular season. George Kittle is finally back. And on the opposite side of the ball, Russell Wilson has been a bad quarterback through the first two weeks. Nathaniel Hackett has been a worse coach, probably the making the most questionable decisions around the NFL. So I don't care at all what the Broncos have. The 49ers have the established coach. They have Jimmy G back, regular season quarterback. They're talented on offense. The 49ers are going to win the game. The Dallas Cowboys own the New York Giants, but Cooper Rush actually is Cowboys. A bum, so I'll give this one to New York. They're going to start three and zero for the first time in a very long time. <laughs> There's no way there's no way the Giants are winning this game. And it is because of the Cowboys pass rush and what they have along that front seven and their defensive line. The fact they have Micah Parsons. Last week, Joe Burrow and the much more talented Bengals offense couldn't beat the Cowboys. So there's no doubt in my mind that Daniel Jones, who struggles against elite pass rushes, is going to struggle against the Cowboys, is going to take a bunch of sacks. And on, on, on the only way they can win is if Saquon Barkley takes the game over and goes for 150. I don't see that happening. The Cowboys have too good a pass rush. Michael Parsons is too good. The Cowboys are going to win. 11 from Heaven is going to have a strip sack. He's going to get up to five and a half, maybe six total sacks on the year for the first three games. It's not going to matter. Cowboys are going to lose. They stink. Giants country, let's ride. That's been the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Subscribe. We're, we're like, what, 2,200 subscribers? See you guys next time.